James Lauren with the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. Tonight, a special guest, Dan Miller, big-time author with the book 48 Days to the Work You Love. Many people who are in the doldrums and not working and no prospects inside today or tonight might be your time to be able to get rejuvenated. We welcome him to the program. Welcome, Dan. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be your guest tonight, Michael. It's our pleasure. With what's going on in the economy right now, there's no better person to talk to than you, Dan. Uh, Helping people get on their feet and have confidence. What do you think? We hear the word work, and even Christians sometimes go, like Lucy. (laughs) Uh, Why is that? Why is there such a tension going on? And why can't work be something meaningful and fun? You know, we've bought into a myth that work is just something we have to endure, something we just have to get through, and a lot of our terminology kind of reinforces that. We hear, you know, thank God it's Friday, or we look forward to retirement as a time when we can quit this stinking job and just do something we really enjoy. Well, what a novel concept. What if you figured out how to do something you enjoy as your daily work that was both meaningful, released the best talents God has given you, and was profitable? If you do that, and that's very doable for anybody, then all of a sudden, retirement loses its appeal. People go right on past the retirement age or go right on beyond the time when they don't need to generate any more income, but they continue doing something that they know is fulfilling, meaningful, and purposeful. You know, if you ask people on the street about doing work they love, they look, give you a dirty look and think that, that that sounds like a myth. But let me ask you a question, because life does have an impact on people. They become, from their life experiences, the person they are. What about you growing up? Uh, I understand that your dad was a farmer and also a pastor. And uh, what kind of experience did uh, or effect did that have on you? The other thing I wanted to ask you also, uh, as far as people doing work that's meaningful. Some people maybe spend too long trying to do that. There are other people who just are very good at just working because they have to and be responsible, but they never look inward and figure out if they're doing something that's important to them. They just work because they have to work. I know that's a double question, but go ahead and take it away. The theological framework that I grew up in really confirmed the idea that work is just a curse. It's just a bitter pill. It doesn't really matter much. We never talked about doing something you enjoy. You work because you're responsible. You're a responsible, faithful provider for your family, and you just do what has to be done because we're just here for a moment, and then we'll go to heaven where things will really be good. Well, that was a hard pill for me to swallow. And the more I studied Scripture myself, the more I saw work is not really intended to be that. It's intended to be the very best application of the talents God has given us. It's our very best opportunity for ministry and sharing with the world and living out our calling. It's not just what I do for 58 minutes on Sunday morning. People are much clearer about my values, my belief, what kind of person I am by watching me on Thursday morning than they are by watching me on Sunday morning. And so I became committed to figuring out how could we do work, not in a selfish, self-centered, egotistical kind of way, but in a way that really does release the very best that God has given us. If we're in work that is frustrating, unfulfilling, you know, we hate the boss, there is no way we can be our best in that kind of environment. 
there's no way that that's responsible, that that is God-glorifying. So we have to break that pattern, and we have to take personal responsibility for how to break that pattern and move into things that are more fulfilling. Well, hopefully there are people listening right now, and they're getting confidence and maybe getting a little more motivated about their future. I want to ask you a question. Many times, of course, we're told to be humble and subservient as Christians. Sometimes we take it overboard a little too far, and we're afraid to be assertive with people, and people who are successful in this world are heard. You know, they do have a voice. Why is it that people shun attention or, you know, to be able to be quite a bit assertive in order to get where they want to be? Is that a weakness, or, or are we taking that too far? Oh, wow. Well said. I think that is so common that we think too small, think too small of ourselves, of what we have to offer, and we thus, in essence, put our light under a, under a bushel. And we know what the Bible has to say about that. I saw that as the model. We're to be quiet behind the scenes, never draw attention to yourself at all, as though doing anything in that regard, having a voice, is somehow prideful. And pride goes before the fall. I heard that a million times growing up. But as I looked at, again, ways to be most effective at really sharing my calling, ways to have a positive impact on the world, it requires having a voice. You don't need to be boisterous, you don't need to be pushy, dominant, aggressive, or any of those things, but you need to be very comfortable in who you are and what your message is, and be comfortable sharing that with people. Short of that, yeah, we're we're thinking way too small, and there's nothing glorifying about being small if we have been given a message to share. Earlier in the broadcast, we were talking about how the economy is bad, and we know that some people are depressed by it and can't seem to find work, which is why we have you here to help us. But there's also a dynamic taking place where more and more people are living with their parents, and that can be very difficult. And I want to ask you about that. There's certain safety things like a roof over your head, but in many circumstances, people forget how to fly, if you will. And they're not fending for themselves and mom and dad are there and the comforts at home and some of them don't want to leave. How would you address that subject? My wife and I were just down in Florida at one of our favorite places and in the backyard of the house we were staying in there was an osprey nest and I loved watching these magnificent birds come in. There were two young ones in the nest and I really hoped that they would come out of the nest while we were there. They didn't quite make it although they were thinking about it. But what happens is the osprey build this big nest with branches and thorns and feathers and leaves. And at about 12 weeks old, mom and dad osprey start taking out all the things that make that nest so comfortable. And pretty soon it's a little rough in there and there are thorns poking through. And then mom and dad osprey fly, fly by with tasty morsels of food just out of reach. Well, the little ones started to think, what's up with that? I thought mom and dad loved me. I thought they were going to take care of me. I thought this was my home. Ultimately, they look over the edge of the nest and think, well, this isn't going to end well. You know, I'm going to hit the rocks below and die. But you know how that goes. Ultimately, they get hungry enough. They say, well, there's got to be something that's not any worse than this. And so they go off the edge and of course, we know what happens. They discover they can fly. They discover a level of excitement and success they never knew was possible. Well, I think a lot of times God allows circumstances in our lives not to keep us in pain and hungry, but to prompt us to take action to move into things that are much more fulfilling than what we've ever experienced. 
All right, let's get down to a subject that doesn't sound so spiritual. How do we find a job? <laughs> you know, a lot of people are searching and uh, they think they're going about it the right way. They go on maybe uh, Indeed.com or Career Builder, some of these sites, and they don't know what they're doing. They're sending out one resume after another. Nothing is happening. Uh, are we missing something in all this? Uh, people tell us, uh, fill the online portal out, and, and we go ahead and do that and jump through every hoop. But uh, sometimes we fail and come up very short. Uh, how can we go about doing this job search process without going crazy and certainly uh, do it effectively and efficiently? Well, we need to refine what people are doing as a so-called job search. What you just described is not effective. We know that if people are responding to simply what's posted, that they're only seeing you know, about 12 or 13 percent of what's actually available. Now, what I describe in 40 Days to the Work You Love is simply identify 30 to 40 companies where there would be a potential match for your skills. Do a three-stage process of contacting them. An introduction letter, which requires nothing to the recipient, but lets them know this is what you bring to the table. They can expect to hear from you again in a couple of days. Follow it up with a phone, with a resume and cover letter, and then a couple of days later with a phone call. That three-stage process done right with 30 to 40 contact companies will produce results every time, more so than just blindly shooting a resume out there to a million companies where you hope something happens as a result of that. It's a very, very poor process. So it's just simple tech techniques of how to do a job search better that can put people in the driver's seat. And we have people every day in today's economy telling us, wow, I got a job offer here. And before I was finished with the interview process, I, I got three more job offers. You know, what should I do? What a wonderful position to be in where you're having to make a decision between three or four offers. And we hear those stories every day. All right. I have a question here. Given the fact that everyone does what they're supposed to do, the employer says, fill out the online application, uh, it seems like they limit human capital as far as talking to the person they want you to go online. So I have to ask, what really separates one candidate from another? How can they stand out? It's personal skills every time. When in hiring positions, we know that hiring decisions are made in the first three minutes of an interview. They're actually made much quicker than that. That means it doesn't come from the fine print on the fourth page of the resume or where you got your degree or what it was in. It's, do I like this person? Do I trust this person? Is this person fun to be around? I was in Taco Bell recently sitting there and observed young man walked in the door said can I speak to the manager he had stopped in the previous day picked up an application never talked to anybody just picked up the application came back said can I speak to the manager he sat down with her in a four-minute conversation she said can you start tomorrow now he had on cutoffs which exposed tattoos going up and down his legs he had a ring in his nose t-shirt on and I him. She left to go back to her office and get another paper to have him sign. And I asked him, I said, did that really just happen? Did you walk in here never having met her before and in four minutes she offered you a job? He says, yeah. He said, I moved to town uh, two days ago. I knew I needed to get a job to stay here and I'm going to start tomorrow. He left and I went back and asked to speak to the manager. I said, please tell me what just happened. He walked in here, tattoos, t-shirt, ring in his nose, you hired him. She said he looked me straight in the eye. He was very courteous and respectful. 
He described some other jobs that he had. I said, you didn't do a background check. You didn't do drug test testing. You didn't do a credit report. You didn't talk, call references. She said, he impressed me with the skills that he had. Now, that's been a couple weeks ago, and I've watched that young man already rise in responsibility there. It's his personal skills that got him that opportunity. And that's true at every level. The personal skills are what ultimately are going to separate somebody. It's such a great story. And we forget about that, you know. It becomes a human element and personal skills. Many times we think it's a form or something that we're asked to fill out. With us on the line is Dan Miller. He's a big-time author of the book 48 Days to the Work You Love. And a lot of people, no doubt, are going to switch things up a little bit so they could figure out how to be more efficient in finding the work that they love. Dan has a very popular podcast. We're going to get to it in just a bit. But you should know also you may have seen him on CBS, the early show, MSNBC's Hardball with Chris Matthews, the 700 Club. He gets around. And, of course, now he's in the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. So tell us a little bit about this podcast because a lot of what they're hearing now our audience can hear if they go to your podcast, which they could find out at www.48days.com. That's the number 48, and then days.com. Yeah, I've been very fortunate in having a very large audience for my podcast. I hear from people from Nigeria and New Zealand and Norway and Sweden all over the world because they listen to that weekly podcast where I'm answering their questions. People submit questions, and I answer those questions and try to help them in their own walk toward success whatever that means for them. That goes out faithfully to people as a way to inspire them and give them hope and encouragement. Yep, and it's regularly number one on iTunes under Careers. Dan Miller has been the guest tonight. He has the book 48 Days to the Work You Love. We learned a lot and appreciate filling our lives with a little bit of hope here as we head toward the future. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on the program and shalom to you. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm honored to be your guest tonight and hope that we have and, uh, stimulated some, uh, loosened the cobwebs, perhaps, and helped people on their own path to being all God has called them to be.